Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Presented here is a free teaser for this month's edition of the Top Rope Nation Classics Patreon bonus podcast. Every single month, we release a deep dive on a classic wrestling event as voted on by our supporters on Patreon. It's a true historical deep dive. The only place to hear these shows in full? Join the Patreon page for just $5 per month. The link is right here in the podcast description. Patreon is the best way to support the show. So click that link in the episode description and read all about it. It's patreon.com slash Nation and enjoy this special free preview. What's up, everybody? This is the 44th episode of Top Rope Nation Classics here for patrons exclusively, as always, and for our July Top Rope Nation Classics, even though it is August 10th as we record this, we're catching up on the backlog here. The winner of the poll was Great American Bash 1989, as I know many people, including some of our hosts, were hoping would win and it did win by a a pretty healthy margin and many people consider this the greatest great american bash or in the discussion Mm -hmm. it has one of the great title matches of the 1980s on it and we're looking forward to discussing it with you jesse i know this is one that you were really hoping would win fond memories of seeing this one over the years very much so so my father would order a lot of the WWF pay-per-views starting from WrestleMania three on. This was the first W and maybe this was the only WCW pay-per-view that he ever ordered for whatever reason. I have no idea. So when I was a kid, I would religiously go through a lot of these pay-per-views over and over and over again. So So I have a decent, go ahead. He he recorded all of them on VHS. I'm assuming all the pay-per-views that he ordered. Okay. Good man, yes. good man. I wish I had seen this on VHS as opposed to the cock because, <laughs> yeah, I there's at least three or four things that are going to come up throughout this episode where I'm going to go, here's what we missed because there, there was some good stuff in there that was missed. But uh, yeah, yeah, very fond memories. And looking back at cagematch.net, they agree. This was actually the number two rated WCW pay-per-view of all time behind something that you've already covered, Spring Stampede. 1994. Ah, yeah. Hmm. So you saw this one live then? Yes. And Justin, when was the first time you saw anything from the show, if if not the whole show in general? The first time I saw anything from this show was I watched the main event in preparation for our Ric Flair draft mm-hmm. uh, that we did. What was that? Two years ago? Yeah. Um, so this is the first time I'd ever seen it top to bottom. 
Uh, I just, I didn't really have access to a lot of pre early 91 WCW NWA uh, pay-per-views until the, the WWE network. And this is just not one I went back and looked at. Um, so yeah, this, this was the first time. Yeah. I believe the first time I saw flair and funk was probably on the Ric Flair DVD set. I think it was on the first one they did. And just like you, Justin, I didn't have a lot. I mean, I wasn't very, I was five, five and a half, five. Yeah. When this show started or aired. So I didn't see it live. I didn't see it for, I don't know if I've ever seen the full show before doing this. Also, I had seen the flair one. I know when we did the great American bash, like retro show with Graham Cawthon from uh, history of WWE, I definitely went back and watched mm-hmm. the Luger match and flair funk again. So I've, I've seen flair and funk multiple times. Yep. Same. Really, really like that point. one. Yeah. Um, so would you agree? We grew up in the same area. Uh, I didn't start seeing WCW pay-per-views in our local movie rental places until like around the 96 range. Would you agree with that? Or did you see some before that? Yeah, I, I think so. Cause yeah, when WCW blew up, it felt like then they, that's when they first started buying them because yeah. we were like on opposite ends of town, but like similar chain movie rental places. And we've talked about this on the pod before, mm-hmm. but the blockbuster closest to me had quite a few wrestling videos, but almost all WWF. Yep. Uh, yeah. And I think the only WCW they had, I think like, yeah, I remember uncensored 95 was there for some reason. <laughs> I don't think they, I don't know if they had anything from like 94 or earlier at all. I think it was all like 95 and after. So maybe yeah. as soon as Hogan walked into the promotion, they started pumping out yeah. the DVDs or the VHSs. Yeah, that seems right to me. So yeah, I had no way to watch this until the tape trading days would have been the earliest. And then eventually with uh, the network or 24 seven on demand or wherever they put it up first. So yeah, I, d- I don't think I've ever watched it top to bottom. I've seen different matches on this multiple times though. So I think, I think the matches with the big time discussion points as we go, I've seen uh, I've seen plenty of times at this point. Live at the Baltimore Arena, we got twelve thousand five hundred fans or so, somewhere around there. Uh, Meltzer Report is about eleven thousand five hundred paid. It's a sellout, a gate of one hundred and eighty-eight thousand dollars, and a pay-per-view buy rate of one point five, which per WrestleNomics translated to about. 140,000 pay-per-view buys for the Great American Bash 89. The year prior, 88 did about 190,000 buys. So they were down for this year. I was going to say this in the intro, by the way. If you guys want to hear us talk history of Great American Bash, if you've never heard it, dip into our archives a couple of years ago. Graham Cawthon, History of WWE was on. We went through all the Great American Bashes, talking about all of our favorite matches, including two from the night we're about to talk about here. And we also talked about the genesis for the event, how it started. And there's a great long-form discussion on that broadcast where we we go through it all. But uh, in brief, I would just tell you that it was Dusty Rhodes' idea. He started it in 1985 in Charlotte, closed-circuit broadcast. Uh, The main event was Dusty taking on uh, Tully in a cage match for the TV title. David Allen Coe did a one-hour concert on that show. Got to know your audience. 
And then <laughs> the next year, they started the Great American Bash Tours, you know, where they do multiple Great American Bash shows. And that continued into the, most people think of it as an 80s thing, but I believe that continued into the early 90s, where they had the Great American Bash Tour. Uh, mm-hmm. But we've got, you know, the pay-per-view proper here in 89 at the Baltimore Arena, July 23rd, as I said. So let's get into it. Uh, and they open the show with basically showing shots of the town. They show the well, rebuilt Baltimore Harbor. I mean, mm-hmm. when you think of Baltimore, you immediately think of well, uh, a horse stable. Yeah, they show some countryside. Was that Pimlico out of curiosity? Because I know I it's the home no of Preakness. Oh, okay. I bet that's what it was then. It's oh, the yeah. only, I wrote that in my notes. Like, is that Pimlico? I'm not, 100% not sure. near as classy as Jesse, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Just sports triple crown i mean I, <laughs> I i i yeah for whatever reason i have a buddy who is a huge horse racing junkie so if well, i absolutely know, need to go to him for anything yeah he's the guy i call upon not to jump ahead but that would make more sense with maybe uh teddy long's fumbled uh, continuously calling the battle royal winners the the triple crown winners maybe mm. he had horse racing in his head because that was <laughs> not the name of the battle royal yeah I'm just looking at these buy rates. So yeah, like 89 mm-hmm. was consistently higher. And then Chi-Town Rumble 89, which is one we've done on classics, did 130. So they were down. Wrestle War, that great flare steamboat match also did 120. So Great American Bash, they were up a little 140. And then by Havoc, they get up to 175, which is kind of more in line with what they were doing throughout uh, 88. So this was definitely a dip in the numbers and they wouldn't get that low again until 92. And then things started to fall off yet again. Yeah. I was looking at that great American bash. 90 had over 200,000 buys, which yeah, yeah for the 89 and the quality of the pay-per-view, you think it'd get a little more from a numbers perspective, more buys, but here Russell war, by the way, you just mentioned was a great setup for the great American bash. And a lot of these angles that took place, which of course we're going to talk about throughout the show. I listened to uh Jim Ross talk. Have you, didn't you guys check out the, the Jim Ross podcast, girl and Jr. and great American bash 89. Yes. I listened to that in the car going to Chicago. It was, it was a pretty interesting, listen i would say he talked about like the clash that they had right before this in fort bragg and how terrible that was because it was so hot there he said like the hottest show he's ever done uh but he had some really good insight which we can share throughout on on some of these matches go ahead justin as you take another swig of that whiskey yeah um i was just gonna say like just looking at this show as a whole not only this show but uh nwa slash wcw is that they are really loading up for the future here i mean you you got pillman coming in sid coming in scott steiner coming in i mean this isn't like in the last six months this is in like the the previous two months of this show and then you also have you know they're really strapping the rocket to uh sting he you know he's a year away from winning the title when you know they intended for him to win it you know even earlier than that uh luger is just kicking off his 500 plus day run as united states champion so it's it's a a really interesting time and we haven't quite hit outside of i think jim hurd has done the stupid ding dongs thing at this (laughs) point but for the most part it still feels like 
NWA and not that kind of like cheesy kind of like late nineties, 91 WCW where they're maybe trying to be WWF a little too much with, with the the hokey gimmicks. Mm -hmm. So it's a really fun time for the NWA in my opinion. Dusty Rose had just left the promotion in Mm. May. The Mm. week prior to this, Tully and Arn won the WWF Tag Team Championships for Mm. demolition. So yeah, you you definitely saw the old WCW NWA infusion into the WWF in 89. Of course, this was after Hogan Savage, WrestleMania 5, which I think was the biggest buy rate up until WrestleMania 18. Something along yes, those lines. I believe so. I think that's yeah. Right. So yeah. yeah, big big changes throughout the the wrestling the landscape over the course of '89 because the AWA was just getting ready to fold and release all of their performers out in the wild as well. I mean, I I just think you'd be hard pressed to find another like one to two month you know run in any wrestling promotion where they bring in all timers and i even forgot to mention great muda too Mm -hmm. so you're looking at like i already said hillman sid uh great muda scott steiner all with almost two months i mean that's freaking incredible yeah i mean it's jr talked about that on the podcast i mean this roster hall of famer after hall of famer after hall of famer and yeah you know they still couldn't really get closer to the wwf despite the talent that they had and you know they let steamboat leave right after this yeah. show uh and but they had That's guys right. <laughs> they had guys that could have strapped the rocket to that they didn't as well and uh yeah it's like one of those what could have been things but it is cool watching this as you said justin it's still nwa at the time and so you got the nwa you know credentials on the the staff around the ring mm-hmm. you know people running the cameras and everything and so they haven't fully rebranded to WCW yet. That was coming soon. Uh, but as the show opens, you get Ross opening it up, calling it the Great American Bash Glory Days, welcoming us to the show. Talks about the arena being sold out. He's joined by Bob Cottle on the announce. Uh, and let's see. I, Ryan, yeah, sorry, to, sorry to interrupt. Uh, I wanted to ask you this. Did that song just recently come out from Bruce Springsteen? At this time, is that why they're calling this glory days? No, it would have been like five years earlier. Oh, okay. He well, I mean, that's professional night. wrestling for you. <laughs> he did professional wrestling. You're, you're, you're generally like five years behind. So it makes sense. <laughs> that's, that's why they're claiming it's glory days. Unbelievably true. Yeah. So it, again, they're, they're talking about how the arena sold out. And then Cottle starts talking about the world title match. And he's like on the tape, he's awkwardly just kind of cut off. There's some technical difficulties on this tape throughout. And there's some yep. cuts and edits, as we said. Uh, but they, they go right to the $50,000 triple crown, as they called it, two ring <laughs> battle royal. And as they go to the ring, you see that disclaimer at the bottom. Presented in the most complete form possible due to original production technical difficulties. And so... Obviously, we have the t- the two rings set up because there's going to be a War Games match on this show. And so the the whole situation with this Battle Royal is that um, you th- you get eliminated and you go to the second ring. And then whoever ends up the champion of the first ring faces off against the champion of the second ring, whoever wins the Battle Royal over there of all of the people who had been eliminated. And then they go head to head to win it. It's... Uh, <laughs> 
a, it's a precursor to the battle bowl. That would yeah. be a staple for Starcade for a couple of years. And these guys, they wear crowns out to the ring, which is pretty Dork. hokey. Dork. thing. Yeah. Burger King They're, crowns. Yeah. And did, did they not say that everybody in this had supposedly won a battle royal? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.